Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of Thursday Thoughts. I hope this podcast finds you well. I hope everyone had a wonderful Thanksgiving. I hope everyone ate their fair share of turkey and ham and dressing and all the great carb-loaded dishes that we have for Thanksgiving. Um, I hope everyone had a wonderful holiday and some time off of work, some time off of school, and just some time to relax. So, if you remember the week before last, we talked about being set apart in our individual culture as Christians, and if you're just now joining us for Thursday Thoughts and you haven't uh, been listening to this season so far and this is your first episode, we've been talking about culture um, and how we as Christians interact with culture and what culture means for us and things like that, and so... Last week we talked about our individual culture and how as Christians we need to make sure that we are being set apart. In other words, we need to make sure that we're being different than the world around us, that we are a city set on a hill that cannot be hidden and that we're letting our light shine so that it can glorify our Father who is in heaven. That's what Jesus tells us in the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew chapter 5. And so that's what we talked a little bit about last week. So building on that same thought, the next few weeks, we're going to talk about culture in these different areas of our Christian lives and what we need to do and what it's supposed to look like. So, in particular, today we're going to talk about culture in our homes, and I'm going to touch a brief little bit about culture in our schools for our kids, uh, for kids today. And so I'm going to start there just for a quick second. Um, we're not going to spend as much time there as much as our homes because... Sadly, we the truth is we can't control always, you know, at least for those of us who have kids in like the public school setting, we can't always control what is taught in the public school setting and we can't always control, you know, the things they're exposed to in a public school setting and really just in the school setting in general because all kids are raised differently. And so, but one thing to think about, you know, it's nothing, it shouldn't be a shock to us, and it shouldn't be anything new that schools don't always have God in mind, Um, and what I mean by that is, I mean, I remember even when I was in high school and middle school and stuff like that, I remember them trying to teach uh, evolution as fact, and, you know, the origins of the universe, and the Big Bang Theory, and all this stuff, and, and then just... (laughs) all kinds of silliness like that, that obviously we as Christians do not hold, and we don't believe in those viewpoints. And so I think it's important that we just remind our kids and that we're sure to tell our kids and remind them when they're at school and stuff that, you know, not everything that's taught there is necessarily true. And I think an important thing to remember, like I said, I don't want to spend too much time on this because it could could take me on a whole tangent. And so I don't want to jump down this road too much. But, you know, when it comes to, you know, these schools these days trying to teach, you know, the culture of schools these days is very much not God-centered. You know, I haven't been to school in a long time, so I couldn't say this for sure, but I know at least by the time I was in high school and by the time I was, um, even when I was in middle school and high school, I do not really remember standing up and saying, you know, the Pledge of Allegiance often. I don't remember... And specifically, the reason I mentioned the pledge, you know, because that one part in our Pledge of Allegiance, right, it's um, one nation under God, and right now, we're not really, we're not really being that kind of country right now, if I'm being honest. We're not really acting like one nation under God. 
And our schools definitely aren't, aren't acting like they're under God's authority either. And it's not necessarily that people in the schools are bad or that the teachers are bad or anything like that, but it's just because of how we've allowed the culture of our schools to change. And I think that's because of just the culture surrounding the schools. Um, for example, I think about, like I said, we mentioned the pledge, but also just how schools are getting away from talking about God in general. And, you know, even just talking about God from a historical context, you know, and just talking about, you know, in social studies, when you're talking about the history of the nations and things like that, it's almost as if, like, they will avoid it entirely because, you know, they're the states, basically, the, the people who are in charge of the curriculums that are being taught in school are basically just trying to take God out of everything, it seems like. Um, anyway, all this, to, all this to say, you know, we shouldn't be shocked whenever our school cultures are not very God-friendly and they're not very Christian um, because that's not the agenda that the world has right now. And so we shouldn't be shocked about that. And so that's why it's so important, which is what now I'm transitioning away from our school cultures, um, because I mostly want to talk about culture in our homes. This is why it's so important to make sure we create a culture in our homes that is centered on Christ, that is centered on God, that's centered on the gospel. And so, for the for, for, can't talk. For the remainder of this podcast episode, I want us to talk about the culture in our homes, because the reality is everywhere else in this world right now, it's very anti-God, very anti-Christ. Pardon my pun, um, but. That's the world we live in these days. And, and it's, it shouldn't shock us. I mean, because Jesus said it in his day. You know, this is Jesus saying it, you know, that, you know, don't be surprised if the world hates you. Know it hated me first, right? We read that in John 15. And so the idea is that we shouldn't be shocked about the condition that the world is in because the world has always been this way. The world has always been against what God wants. And when I say that, I don't mean like everybody in the world. I'm just talking about the the sinfulness of this fallen world that we live in. And so talking about the culture of our homes. When's the last time, you know, I don't know if you're in a, a parent listening to this podcast or a student or like a child, like if you're still at home living with your parents or you're you have your own family or uh you just kind of live by yourself. But I want to ask you this question. When's the last time you sat down with your family and read the Bible together and had a Bible study? When's the last time you all sat down together and prayed? When's the last time that you wanted to have a devotional with your friends and just talk about the gospel and talk about the good news? When's the last time you genuinely made time to do that? That's not Sunday Bible study or Wednesday Bible study. You see, we need to have a culture in our homes that is centered on Christ. And something we talked about last week about being set apart, you know, part of being a Christian is that it's not a part-time job. Being a Christian is full-time. Being a Christian is 24-7. 24 hours, 7 days a week. That's what being a Christian means, and that's what we're supposed to do as Christians is be continuous in our faith and be and have a continual drive and effort to be the best that we can be and to follow Christ and his commandments. And so something that I've been trying to do with my family, you know, since I, 
I got married a few months ago now, is we I try my best to make sure that we read a little bit of the Bible every day and that we talk about it and that we pray together because I want to do our my best to establish a culture in our home that is centered on Christ because if we build that culture here, this will always be a place where they can come and where my family can come and be spiritually fed and be prepared to go out and face this world that's not always very Christian and that's very focused on God. And so, how often are we reading our Bibles? How often are we praying? And so, that's the first step in building a culture of of a, a Christian culture in our homes. And what 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 just... This is something that I'm really passionate about because I think about how so many people that I that I can let me rephrase this. So many people in this world, I mean people that I've met in my life that I know personally, I guess. Um and I'm not I'm not saying this to be controversial or to try to call anybody out. If anything, I'm just trying to talk about us holding each other accountable. I know so many people who would say that they're Christian and would claim to be Christian, but you know, if we ask them how often do they read their Bible, how often do they talk to people about Jesus, how often do they pray, the answer may not be a lot. I mean, because I'm speaking from experience that you know, even someone who is a Bible major, who is a minister, sometimes you get busy and sometimes like you realize, like, oh snap, I haven't prayed at all today, I haven't read my Bible at all today, because we get busy. <laughs> Right, we it's almost as if we're too busy for God, which is the lamest excuse I have ever heard because we're never too busy for God. I promise every single person has at least a moment in their day where they could stop and spend some time with God. And why am I mentioning this? You know, I'm not I'm not trying to, you know, discourage you. I'm not trying to make you feel bad if you if you haven't been really reading and praying your bible what i'm trying to do is hold you accountable because i want i want other people to hold me accountable i want you to hold me accountable i i love it when people text me uh and they ask me you know have you read your bible have you prayed today have you done this or done that you know are you doing this or doing that like i love that i appreciate that because we as christians we're supposed to hold each other accountable and if we hold each other accountable about having a christian atmosphere in our homes how much better would we, how much better of a job would we do at actually reading our Bible and praying with our families at home? There is a, there's an older lady here at the Canyon View Church of Christ where I work who she sends little Bible verse text messages every morning, and I always appreciate it. And I probably need to tell her more how much I appreciate it because maybe sometimes I'll get busy in the morning and doing stuff, and I haven't really taken the time to stop and you know read my Bible and have a devotional thought with with God and really meditate on his word and then all of a sudden I'll see the text message pop up and it'll be her it'll be her message <laughs> and it'll you know it always kind of stop me and make me think you know I should stop for a minute and I should take some time for God because I need to give him more of my time and so I always appreciate that and so in a way she is holding me accountable without even realizing it and so it's little things like that that we need to remember that we need to do. So, you know, why why do this? You know, why why have a home culture that is centered on Christ and change the culture of our homes? Well, 
let's listen to what Deuteronomy chapter 6 verses 1 through 9 has to say. Now this is the commandment, the statutes and the rules that the Lord your God commanded me to teach you. This is Moses talking. That you may do them in the land to which you are going over to possess it. That you may fear the Lord your God, you and your son and your son's son, by keeping all his statutes and his commandments, which I command you all the days of your life, and that your days may be long. Hear therefore, O Israel, and be careful to do them, that it may go well with you, and that you may multiply greatly as the Lord, the God of your fathers, has promised you, in a land flowing with milk and honey. Hear, O Israel, the Lord your God, or the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your might. And these words that I command you today shall be on your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children and shall talk of them when you sit in your house and when you walk by the way and when you lie down and when you rise. You shall bind them as a sign on your hand and they shall be as a frontlets between your eyes. You shall write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. And chapter 6 continues to go on talking about how God will bless the people if they obey his statutes and his commands and he'll bless them in the land and that, you know, if your son asks you why do you do these things, tell him about all the great wonders that God has done. And so I love Deuteronomy chapter 6. It's it's a chapter that I, I would say everyone should go read. Everyone should go read Deuteronomy chapter 6 because of the part that we just read and the part in particular that I'm wanting us to focus on is... You know, whenever this is the commandment that God tells them, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your might. I'm going to stop there and I'm going to break this, I'm going to break this passage down verse by verse and apply it, hopefully, to us. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your might. Is just going to church on Sunday and Wednesday loving God with all your heart, soul, and might? I'm going to go ahead and answer that for us and say no. Just going to church, um, I heard uh, someone was someone was telling me a story about a minister who would tell people whenever he would preach, and he would say, you know, just coming and sitting in the church pew or church chair on Sunday and Wednesday is not a ministry. That is not fulfilling your ministry and your calling as a Christian. That's just doing what you're supposed to do, right? Coming and worshiping with the body. We're required to do more. We're asked to do more. So if we love the Lord our God with all of our heart, with all of our soul, and all of our might, it would look different than just coming to church on Sunday and Wednesday, right? Or just or skipping Bible class on Sunday because it's too early and going to church uh, and just going to worship service, right? If you love something with all of your might and all of your soul and all your heart, that means with everything you have, right? I think about people who love football. I feel like um, I grew up in Alabama, so a lot of those Alabama fans, you know, they're 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 basically insane. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. But I think about Alabama football fans, and they take that stuff so seriously, so seriously. And it's okay. It's okay to love football. And it's I mean, I'm a I'm a big Georgia fan, and I love watching the dogs play on Saturdays or whenever they play. But if that becomes more important than my faith with God. If that becomes more important than than uh, my relationship with God and doing Christian things and living a Christian life and making time 
to be actually be a Christian and read my Bible and study, then that is idolatry. It is. That's not loving the Lord my God with all my heart, soul, and might. And so the reality is, yes, we love football. Um, and I'm using football as an illustration because I'm sure some of my listeners back home um, are big football fans. Um, but insert whatever hobby it is, whatever it is that you enjoy doing. If it's binging your favorite Netflix show, if it's going shopping with the girls on a Friday night, if it's um, playing video games, you know, whatever, whatever it is, you always make time for those things. I think about, I know for a fact, football fans make time on Saturday to watch their team's game. You know, I try my best to make time on Saturday to watch the Georgia game. Uh, the people back home where I'm from in Alabama who are Alabama and Auburn fans or whatever fans make time to watch their team play on Saturday. And so if you can make time to watch your team play on Saturday, why can't you make time to read your Bible and pray and talk to God and study with your family? It's a deep question. And it's a challenging question and a confronting question. You see, the truth is, is that I, I feel like in our homes, in our cultures, we're so busy loving everything else in the world that we forget to love God and actually love him with all of our heart, our mind, and our soul. And I think we read that passage so much, and we, we know what the, great, the first and greatest command, commandment is, because Jesus says, Jesus quotes this in Matthew 22, right? Love the Lord your God with all your heart, your soul, and might. But we hear it so much, or I say we hear it so much, we, we, we've been hearing it throughout our lives, and we just, and because of the culture that we've been raised in, we just think that going to church is enough. And we think that just since I read, since I read that verse, I just magically do it. But that's not how it works. To love the Lord our God with all of our heart, soul, and might, it means with all your heart, soul, and might. It means with everything you have. And if you love something with everything you have, you would remember to do it every day. And so that's my challenge for us today is if we're going to create this kind of culture in our homes, we need to believe this passage and we need to actually do what it says. And again, I'm not saying that having these hobbies and these things are bad, but if you can make, if you can make time every night to play video games with your friends, if you can make time every day to read about what's going on with Alabama football or Georgia football or uh, check out the newest shopping deals and get on Amazon every day and check out whatever's on sale. If you can make time for those things, you should be able to make time for God. That's the idea. And so talking about our homes and stuff, right? So that's the first part of that verse, right? And these words that I command you today shall be on your heart. And what that means is, how do we let the words that God commands us to be on our heart? We pray about it. We read about it. We actually study the Bible more than just on Sunday and Wednesday. So we need to change the culture of our homes. I would go on, I would be willing to say, I haven't done any research or any poll study or anything, but I would go out on a limb and say, I would say less than half of people who would claim to be good Christians who go to church every time the doors are open, I would put good I would uh, I would say that I would say less than half probably read their bibles every day and then less than half of that study with their family every day every day and it's hard and and when I say every day it doesn't mean that you're going to be perfect and remember every day but my point is is making time to do it 
And why is that? Why can't we do that? Why can't we all study with our families every day? Why can't we do what this verse says, right? So that's that part. The next part of this, you shall teach them diligently to your children and shall talk of them when you sit in your house, when you walk by the way, when you lie down, and when you rise. So as parents, uh, adults, we need to teach these commandments to our children. How many of us actually take the time during the day, you know, for those of us who are parents, to talk to our kids about God, to talk to them about the wonders that he has done and the commandments that he has taught? How, how often do we sit down with our kids and tell them about the gospel and the good news? Because it is good news and it's good to hear. Do we talk about it when we're sitting in the house and, or when we're just walking down the street or when we lie down before we go to bed? Do we talk about it and do we, whenever we wake up in the morning, are we talking about the gospel? That's what Moses is saying the command is from God. Talk about God all the time. The idea, I think, of what Moses is getting across here, talk about God all the time and teach it all the time. You shall bind them as a sign on your hand, because you see your hand a lot, right? You're always looking at the back of your hand every now and then. So it's a reminder to talk about it all the time. Frontlets between your eyes, which means they're going to be right there, and so people can't help but see it, and you can't help but see it. You shall write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. Our houses, our homes, should be centered on Christ. They should be built on the commandments of God. Our, our culture in our homes, the culture in our homes, needs to be based on God if we're going to claim to be Christians. And so Deuteronomy chapter 6, I would encourage you, uh, to go and read the whole chapter. Go and read the whole chapter. And to me, this just shows us how we need to make sure our culture is one, the culture in our homes needs to be one in which God is openly talked about. And, the, and so I'm asking the question, here's my question. Is your home, wherever you live, whoever you live with, is your home a culture in which God is talked about openly all the time? Do you set aside special times to talk about God with your with your roommates or your family or your friends, you know, whoever it is that you live with, whoever it is you spend time with, is your home culture one that represents God or not? I think about what Joshua says in Joshua 24, 14, and 15. Um, and this is the question that I believe a lot of us are faced with today, and we need to realize it. Now, therefore, fear the Lord and serve him in sincerity and in faithfulness. Put away the gods that your father served beyond the river and in Egypt and serve the Lord. And if it is evil in your eyes to serve the Lord, choose this day whom you will serve, whether the gods your father served in the region beyond the river or the gods of the Amorites in, the, in whose land you dwell. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Joshua twenty four fourteen and 15. So... Where we may not struggle with serving false gods, apparently that the Israelites' fathers served right beyond the river and in Egypt. Sometimes we do serve other things over God. Sometimes we serve money over God, where it's more about making a buck than being faithful to God. Sometimes we, sometimes we are unfaithful to God because we serve ourselves, we serve other people, we serve our passions and our desires, we serve wanting to watch the football game 
instead of going to the youth event. We serve anything. You fill in the blank. Whenever we put these other things over God and they become more important than God and we start making time for this thing and not God, that's idolatry. We may not be worshiping a bronze cow that's called Baal, but whenever I can always make time to play my video games with my friends, but I can't always make time to worship God and read and pray with my family and with my friends, then it shows that I value my video game time more than I value my time with God. And so fill in the blank, whatever that hobby is. If you always can make time for that, but you can't always make time for God, I think it's time for us to reconsider what our home culture is based on. I think a lot of us need to ask ourselves the question, who are we going to serve? Choose on this day who you will serve, as Joshua said. Joshua said, but as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Are we going to have homes that serve the Lord? Truly serve the Lord. Not say that. Not some superficial surface level service that just, oh, well, we look the part. We go to church and, you know, so people probably think we're serving the Lord. That's not the kind of faith that God calls us to. It's genuine. It's real. I think the best way for this to end is to talk about what's something that Jesus said uh, toward the end of the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew chapter 7, verses 24 through 27. Jesus says, Everyone then who hears these words of mine and does them will be like a wise man who built his house on the rock. And the rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and beat on that house, but it did not fall because it had been founded on the rock. And everyone who hears these words of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. And the rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and beat against that house. And it fell and great was the fall of it. Matthew chapter 7 verses 24 through 27. A lot of us love this story, right? I remember growing up there was a little song that we sang, right? The, the wise man built his house upon the rock, right? We used to sing that song back in Sunday school and things like that. But I think about this passage, and it's so important. This is coming at the end of the Sermon on the Mount, and there's a reason Jesus st strategically places this little parable lesson. Um, it's not really so much a parable, I guess, but he, he uses this illustration at the end of his Sermon on the Mount because he talks about everyone... He's saying everyone who listens to all these words I just said will be like a wise person who builds their house on a rock. But the people who don't listen to it will be like those who build their house on the sand, right? And so I'm sharing this because we need to make sure we're building our homes, our culture, on Jesus' words, on the foundation of the rock. We need to have a strong and solid foundation in Christ for our families. Because if we're building our foundation on football, on our sports accomplishments and our jobs, or how much finance, how, how whatever our financial situation is, if that's what we're building our future on and what we're building our home on, and it's all about, you know, uh, doing things to have fun and it's not about worshiping God, then we will fail. And so we need to remember that as Christians, true Christians, we need to remember that our homes need to be built on the foundation of Christ. Our homes need to be built on the firm foundation of the commandments of God. And so, again, my question today for you, for all my listeners out there, whether you're a parent, a ch uh, whether you're an adult, 
and you're the head of your household, whether you're a child in in the serving role or the serving role, maybe not the best way to put it, or you're a child who's in more of the uh, submissive role in your family, or if you just live with roommates and you're in college or whatever the deal is, what kind of culture are you building in your home? What kind of foundation is your home built on? Is your home one that's built in the foundation of Christ and you're genuinely loving and obeying him? Or is your foundation one that, you know, at least appears to be built on a rock, but it's really just a cardboard cutout of a rock that's not very stable? We need to remember that being a Christian, being set apart, as we talked about last week, is an everyday thing. It's always, it's always, it's always. What kind of Christians are we going to be? What kind of people are we going to be? You know, we've talked about the culture in our schools and the culture of this world. It's not one that's very focused on God. And the kids already get enough distraction at school from things that aren't God. The kids already get enough distraction in this world with these nasty TikTok videos and these awful uh, social media things that go on. There's enough reminder out there that people aren't thinking about God. So we need to make sure that when these kids come home from school, when these kids are in their homes, and when we're with our families at home, that we have a culture that is focused on God and that's fixated on Him, and that we are genuine Christians who don't just worship God on Sunday and Wednesday, but that we are genuine Christians who try our best every single day and follow God every single day of our lives. Where's your foundation built? What's the foundation of your home built on? Your family. Is it built on Christ? Or is it built on the world and its desires? Because we know the world and its desires will pass away. So we need to remember to be focused on the gospel and on Jesus. Thank you guys so much for joining me for another episode of Thursday Thoughts. I hope this has been encouraging for you. Remember, we need to build our foundation on Jesus Christ and his words. We need to have a home that's all about him. Thank you.